Snowball Spark. You want good words? Data language. Talk real sports with a real man. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. And now, here's the be-all, end-all, know-it-all of high school, college, and pro sports. Aaron Skinny Cow with the Skinny on Sports. We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP. And a good Thursday morning out there, Western Oklahoma. Welcome to the Skinny on Sports right here on 98.1 FM. The Sports Animal. Glad to have you along for the next hour. I've got a pop quiz. I hope people haven't seen this. And if you have, don't cheat. But I came across some lists last night, high school basketball-wise, that I wanted to. It's going to be a pop quiz for Jared. Right here at the top of the show. And if you guys want to chime in on the text line, 225-9698, you can as well as we move through a couple of these lists. You know what I'm talking about? Have you seen him? Yeah, no, have you seen I just him? Okay, pop good. quiz. I'm, I'm a, you could ask any teachers in my past. I'm a horrible, horrible pop quiz taker. I just the pressure, man. Man, listen. I can I like I, I do good when I study. But this should be uh, stuff I should know. You're saying? Uh, I mean, I think you'll, I think you'll know some of it. You can't see through. Okay, good. no. <clears throat> I think you'll know some of it, man. That. And the text line is blowing up already. I have wondered about that place in Shattuck for a while now. Because for some reason we were headed up that way. And I was looking for food options. And I've wondered about that. That makes me happy. I may have to take the wife out to dinner at Shattuck one of these nights. A little bit of a trek. That's all right. Problem is, the way that we would leave right now from where we live... It would be hard to make it past the Pack Saddle Bar. <laughs> It'd be hard not to stop there first and go ahead and make it all the way to Shattuck. But anyhow. Okay, so here's what we got. We're going to dip our toe into the NFL playoff waters um, today, and then I'm sure we'll discuss a bunch of that tomorrow. Uh, but I want you to rank the quarterbacks left in the playoffs. We did this exercise last week. Now there's six eliminated, mm-hmm. only eight left. So we're going to re-rank the, the, the quarterbacks left in the playoffs. Who's got the most pressure this week? Is it the same as last week, or is it a little bit different? And then an interesting question with the Cowboys. If it was up to you, would you have a different kicker this week after what we saw from Brett Maher, not only last week, but then also, if you remember back to the Washington game, he missed his only extra point that night too. So it was actually five in a row missed before knocking in that last one on the fifth touchdown on Monday night. Oklahoma City Thunder, man, four in a row. What is going on? Are they ahead of schedule? I mean, I, are they going to quit? What What does the rest of the season look like? How many of the guys on the roster now will be there when the Thunder make the playoffs? Not just the play-in, because I'm afraid they might do that this year, and the answer would be everybody. Mm-hmm. Actually make the top six. And then what, what needs to be added moving forward? Because that's going to be a huge topic of conversation. Uh, with the way this season ends, drafts, all the picks they've got, all, all the, the leverage they have to move around. So we'll hit a bunch of Thunder stuff in the middle of the show. Bedlam hoops last night. Is the uh, Tanner Groves experiment over yet? Is there anybody else with, that has a lick of athleticism that can play? Man, he he was outclassed big time in that second half last night. Oklahoma State, he was awesome. Uh, they, they, they were awesome in the second half uh, against OU. So we'll talk about that. <clears throat> today's schedule in high school hoops paragon sports team is going to be everywhere 
with uh, a bunch of a bunch of tournament stuff. And then, so here is the pop quiz, Jared, and all the listeners fire it out two two five nine six nine eight. I came across a list last night, and the question is: over the past ten years, so the last decade, who were the top five in wins, boys and girls? in Oklahoma High School basketball. Top five in win on the boys' side and on the girls' side in Oklahoma High School basketball. 225-9698 is the phone or the text line. That's 225-9698. Give us a call, shoot us a text. We can talk about any of those things, whatever else is on your mind. Feel free to chime in at 225-9698. If you're outside the listening area, stay in touch with the show a couple of ways. KADSAN.com or download the Paragon app. The app's got radio, Penny News. Penny, uh, brand new edition of the Penny News is out right now. Pick it up, a free copy of your Penny News, or check it out online, thepennynews.com. Big Elk and Paragon TV. Tons of games we'll tell you about coming up today. And then also the Skinny on Sports podcast. If you missed that entirely, go back and uh, you can check it out online, kadsam.com. Got some uh, guesses from my wife. Of the quiz? Of the quiz. Don't look at the text line. Get the text line off. You cannot be looking at the text line. I've already turned it off. Okay, good, because people are firing in. People are firing in. Okay, so do you want to start girls or boys? Ladies first. Okay. Ladies first. Number one, most wins over the past decade in Oklahoma girls high school basketball is... Lomega. Lomega is number one by by a healthy margin. 18 wins over number two. Two, Listen to this record. Oh, my gosh. Don't look. Dakota Dakota got number one. I'm not looking. 100% right. 261 and 28 for the Lady Raiders of Lomega. In what time span? Last 10 years. 10 years. It's the last decade. 261 and 28. Okay. What else you got? As top five guesses. Uh, this is a, all classes, right? Yes, all classes. You know who's been good the last ten years is Fort Gibson's been good. Fort Gibson is number three, the ah. highest, the highest ranked bigger school. Fort Gibson is oh yeah, okay yeah they're the, they're the high they're number three they're the highest ranked bigger school so they're I got you yeah. so number two yeah a gosh small they've been to the state tournament what like nineteen years in a row oh, or something crazy yeah, like that you got to win a lot of games to get to that that's far. right yeah um so okay so you're telling me three or lower is number two yes we got a bunch of guesses for one team and it's not the it's not the team people think okay um so it's not an obvious one I don't think uh, Jones. Jones is down the list. Down the list. Yeah. Um, we could be here a while. This is one. Here, here's the thing. This so is was one. Fort Gibson was three. Who is this that? is the, the, I'm missing you, it. I'm missing think, it. Think a, don't think recent, but think starting 10 years ago, who was always in a state tournament and winning them? Well, ceiling? Ceiling is number still, six. six. They're only six. Ceiling um, is number six. I, I don't know, man. Same class. Same class. Cheyenne. Cheyenne is number 30. They're 30? Yeah. 
I think if you started, I think there's two. I mean, I'm going I think there's back two that. local teams that you don't find as high as you think on this. And if you went back, say, started at at 2019, back to 2009, I think you see Cheyenne way higher. And you know who else is going to be on this list if you go back that far? The Merritt Boys. Oh yeah, yeah. They had that run there. They had five or six, yeah, seven state tournaments out of eight years yeah. or something like that. This they would, is, but this is girls. So I, I, oh, I, we I, found we got a guess. Number four, number five has been named. And number two, actually, just got named. I'm not looking. Um, my mind is racing. Somebody found the list because they just fired off the top five. So, somebody's doing it. It's, my mind is racing. Um, okay, let, can I give you a hint? Yeah, help me. Think chicken. Okarchi. Okarchi. Okarchi, number Duh. two. On the, but, but see, You're right. They haven't been the last couple of years, haven't been there. At least we haven't seen them much. Okarchi two, Fort Gibson three. I have personal ties to number four. Lady? No. I know the coach very well at number four. Um. Oh my goodness! Up north, right? Uh, no. Not not. His brother-in-law lives up north. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. Dale. 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 <clears throat> Dale four. We got five. You're not going to be able to guess five, but somebody did. How? How was number five? Never thought of that. Ceiling six. I'm surprised nobody has guessed. <laughs> People are being funny now. Uh, <laughs> with some different guesses. Uh, I'm surprised nobody guessed Hydra Weekly. They're eight. Uh, Varnum is seven. So ceiling, Varnum, Hydra Weekly. Class and SAS is nine. Darko, ten. Then some local flavor. Hammond is 16th on this list, 204 and 83. Weatherford, 24 at 194 and 67. Duke and Cheyenne both have 190 wins over the last, and uh, no, Sarah's not on the list. Boys. Okay. Go to boys. Oh, boy. This is the one that I was frustrated at myself because I immediately reacted with one name, and I didn't think long enough. Like Millwood? No. Carl Albert? Carl Albert is 10th. Oh, well. Okay. Getting a little closer. 10 years. I can't think. My problem is I'm thinking like recently. I got to go way back. Give me a clue for number one. They're there every year. <laughs> every year. Do we see them every year? Uh, yeah. Feels North, like Fort, uh, Fort There Cobb. you go. Fort Cobb. Fort Cobb rocks in number, number one, 247 and 34. See, I immediately reacted with Kingfisher. Right, but... That, Just boom. Because, well, I mean, they're back clear back to 2017. They've been... Yeah. But they're, they're number two, 235 and they're 26. Yes. Okay. Yeah, Kingfisher is number two behind Fort Cobb Roxton. All right, number three. This is one that's there every year. With Fort Cobb? Sometimes, sometimes not, depending on the size. Okay, gotcha. They kind of bounce back and forth. Roth? Roth was down the list a little. Feels like Roth's there a lot. Yes, I do have total wins in that span. Fort Cobb, 247 wins and 34 losses. Kingfisher, 235 and 26. 
The next two have the exact same record, which is pretty wild. Oh. We saw them last year, matter of fact, on Championship Saturday. I'm drawing a blank. Glencoe. Glencoe. Glencoe and Dale, both 223 and 61. Number five. Number five is going to be one that if you don't get it right, you're going to have people mad at you because they can hear you. Leedy. Leedy. Absolutely. The Bison, 221 and 59. Uh, our resident uh, Mark, our resident Duke Tiger, will be glad to know that the Tigers of Duke are seventh with 216 wins against 58 losses. Uh, a former Eric Bearcat, Jacob Schneeberger, Jacob Schneeberger, Jacob Mayfield, say, head coach at Calumet, uh, they're eighth, 214 and 62. Carl Albert's the first, uh, Carl Albert and Kingfisher, and then also Tulsa Memorial, bigger schools in this. Kingfisher 2, Memorial 6, Carl Albert 10. Local Flavor, Ceiling 202 and 48, Hydro Weekly 202 and 73, and then there's another one in the top 20 that's local. Guess who that is on the boys' side? In our Paragon Network. Did you say Merritt? Uh, no, Merritt didn't make the, the top okay. 25 or 30. In our boys, so as we've said, Leedy. I don't think Hammond's had enough wins. Not Canute. Who is it? Arapo. Ah. Arapo Butler. 196 yeah. and 86. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, they're 18th on the list. I thought that was awesome. Uh, just to, yeah, when you, when you kind of, when you hear the number ones on both sides, you go, well, of course. With yeah. Lomega on the girls' side, Fort Cobb Roxton on the boys' right. side. Uh, but an interesting list, I thought. I think that's where you start is, who are you seeing playing in March? Yeah. Right, it, and that's where, that's where, okay, well, you always see those teams there, and that usually means that equates to a lot of wins. And that is very true with La Mega, very true with all those teams. we've Because all those teams we've named are typically playing in the first or second weekend in March. Yeah, when you look at the whole list, let me pull that back up here, all the way down through to like 30 or so. Yeah, you got teams like, okay, like Frontier is 11th, <laughs> right behind Indodarko on the girls' side. You know, who else do you see? Uh, Red Oak. See Red Oak all the time. I'm surprised that name didn't come up in my memory banks. Latta, on the 2A side, Latta's always there. Mm -hmm. uh, I mentioned Hammond. You know, then, then you kind of you start getting a little bit away from the, the A and the Bs into some 2A through 4A, which we don't see as much because uh, we're not there. Um, but then Duke and, Duke and Cheyenne at the bottom on the girls' side. Uh, Surreal on the girls' side is up, is up above 190 wins. And so they're, and then it's it's a lot the same uh, when you look at the at the boys. Pull up here. Da, 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 da. Once again, Red Oak, Roth is right behind Hydro, at like fourteen on the in the boys. Uh, Arapaho, you see Surreal, Stewart, OK, Wright City. You know, you, you start to hear those those same names that we see all the time. Um, bigger schools that have had that success. I mentioned Kingfisher Memorial, and uh, Carl Albert. 
in boys basketball, Kingston and Her- and Heritage Hall also um, in that three A to four A range are are on the list. So anyhow, but that's uh, that's those teams that have been really successful. To me, it's felt like I won't say dominated, but really small class heavy at the top. Yeah, and it, it, here's the thing: I, I was thinking about why do they play more games? You know, an extra four or five a year. Because they start, they start earlier, right on November first, right, or after that, you know, and then yeah. there's a lot of football schools who don't pick it up until, until December. December, so there's so, a, there is two, four, six, eight, almost, almost maybe, well, even if it's eleven games, if there's a tournament involved, right, in, in November, I mean, there's that. I mean, maybe, I, but I but even never at, sat down but, and looked at final records and how many games right. played. But even at four or five a year over ten years, that's fifty. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, we're getting Boynton. And no doubt they would have been on this list back in the 90s and early 2000s. Absolutely would have been there, Boynton, Moton. Um, and it's easy to rack up wins. And Hammond. You know, Hammond yeah. would have been back there too. Yeah. It's easy to rack up those wins when you continue to win in the playoffs. Sure. And, and you know, you're extending your season and you're adding those wins. You know what I think you see? Hmm. Coaching. Well, that's the common thing. It's coaching. The same coach, like you mentioned, Okarchi. A lot of these places have had the same coach. How long this was she time. there? Uh, Sherry uh, Myers? Sherry Myers was there for a very long time before she handed it off to a, her daughter, right? Her daughter's there now. Yeah. I think there was a, a couple years where it wasn't. Right. And now, yeah, Haley. But that's a big That's a big thing. That's why, you know, it's why coach, I mean, how long has Lance been at Leedy? Longer coach, than coach, you realize. No, I know. You, I, I mean, I, I, uh, I remember him coaching him and girls. <laughs> exactly. And now, now he's, it seems a like decade was, probably. Yeah. I bet he's I been mean, there ten. Yeah, that means something. I mean, that's what Coach Beer's doing with the Hammond girls. She's been there. Gosh, she's been there longer than you realize too. Exactly. Win a lot of games. It's what yeah. you want as a program. You want that stability uh, at the top with your coach. And um, that's what usually it results in. A and lot a of bunch wins. of it is, and a bunch of it is small school coaches that are there forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And Rusty's right. Uh, Sherry Myers was good at Kingfisher before she ever went to Okarchi. That's she right. was there when I was in high school. That's right. That's at right. Kingfisher. Um, that is right. Yeah, yeah, that is the common thing: keeping a coach there for as long as possible, building a program, allowing that coach to build that program, not meddling. Yeah. And that results in those wins, man. It does. And those long playoff runs. Man, I say long playoff runs, but if you think about it, you keep winning the playoffs, you don't play a lot of games. <laughs> you know? Well, that, you, know you know what know, I mean? <laughs> you lose the first one, you're playing a lot of games. Or, you know, the first one in regional, you're playing a lot of games to, to get yourself to state. But No doubt. But uh, yeah, Lance started at, at Butler, 92-93. Mm-hmm. Do you know who was on his team? That would be uh, uh, Lake. Be Lake, his brother, Mister Lake Carpenter. Lake always tells a pretty good story. About- Lake has a lot of good stories about those Butler days. <laughs> yeah, he does. He's, he's got a couple of pretty funny stories. If you ever get to <laughs> yeah. ask him about that, yeah, I've I've heard a couple of when his brother coached him, and <laughs> yes, oh yeah, <laughs> some of the squabbles, some of the uh, there's one I vaguely remember about like a thanksgiving dinner or something i I might see him today and ask him tell me that story he's got a pretty good one about (laughs) their parents finding out that they yelled at each other that's it i think that was it yeah something like that something along those lines classic that's good stuff uh yeah you think about this 
Lance Carpenter's got teams on both these lists. That is true. At least contributed to mm-hmm. with the Hammond girls and now the Leedy boys. Depend, you know, that's yeah. pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah, Jeremy's right. Hammond and Butler games back in the day. Can I turn the text line back on? Yes, you I'm can. I mean, it is flying. <laughs> we'll never be able to count them all if we if we even try. Yeah, there was some there was some fun. I, I remember being in the gym, probably 1997. Let's say 96 or 97. At Butler, Hammond had Darren Higgins, Curtis Irwin, A.O., Alan Orgain. Butler had Josh Moore and Ruben Uribe, amongst others. That was a fun one. I think Butler won that night. But those, I mean, there was a bunch of really, oh yeah, there you go, 97 triple overtime. I remember it being a fantastic game. There was a bunch of looking across the floor, kind of pointing and yelling at each other Whoa. from the fans. Wow. It, was, it, it almost reminded you a little bit of like what you, like scenes in Hoosiers where everybody's just going nuts, you know? Yeah. In a, in a smaller place. It, that, was a lot of, that was a lot of fun uh, watching that one. And I'm pretty sure Butler won, if I remember right. I imagine we'll get the answer to that on the text line. So good fun. What, what, what's happening today? Where are you going to be? Oh, I'll be over at Weatherford. Uh, uh, West Central Basketball Tournament, just one game for me. They split it up. So girls' semifinals are today. Canute and Hydro playing uh, second time this year. Canute got the best of them early in the year. And um, listen, I know they're not Hydro of old or, or even last year, but they, they're winning games. So I, I expect a, a better game than last time now that they've kind of that that new uh, the younger girls for hydro mixed in with those who have been to the state tournament a couple of years in a row are together and so I you know it's going to be good and um, I'm I'm anxious to see because they they they've been scoring some port points I want to see that Canute defense go so go up against them see if they can hamper them down if Canute's offense can get rolling they should be okay but I think it'd be a good one so one for me today then one tomorrow with Canute boys big test for them against Calumet but we'll talk about that tomorrow. What do, what do you got? I'm going to be down in Altus. Big Elks against Frederick at 2 o'clock. The Elkettes follow uh, with UConn, Class 6A, number 12, Lady Millers. That's a 3.30 game, so back-to-back uh, uh, for Elk City uh, with the boys against Frederick, the girls against UConn. We've also got Bi-County action out at Merritt. Starting right, <clears throat> excuse me, as soon as we get off the air, number one, Class B, Hammond, Lady Warriors at 10, play Blair. Uh, followed up by Eric and Cheyenne on the boys' side. Eric coming up uh, off of that uh, upset win over Duke, handing the Tigers their first loss of the year on Tuesday night. So Eric and Cheyenne at 11-20. That would mean the next game of the Eric and Cheyenne on the girls' side. Uh, that's a that's a 12-40 game. Uh, da, 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 da. Let's see. What else do we got? What else? We got Merritt boys and Laverne at 2. So that'd be, the, that'd be right back. Back to back there. Uh, Hammond and Duke. At 7.20, that's a boys' game. 6 o'clock, Merritt and Duke is a girls' game. So that's the Bi-County bracket out there today. You can ch- you can find all this on ParagonTV.com. Uh, we've got those brackets up. Uh, then down at Altus, Tri-County action, we will have Leedy and Mangum on the girls' side. That will be a 140 tip. Hollis and Navajo, 420 tip. Girls' games, boys' games. 
Uh, Hall of Sam Luther at three. Leedy and Navajo is the final game of the night at eight twenty. So that's what we're looking at here in the high school hoops tournaments going on all across all across the state of Oklahoma this week. Uh, I know the uh, highly anticipated Saturday night in Kingfisher possibilities of buckle of the wheat belt final between Weatherford and Kingfisher. Yeah. Can the Eagles be the ones to end to snap that long, long home court winning streak? I think it was 74 in a row, 70, 73 in a row or something like that when Elk City played them. I mean, the game was here, but or no, it was up there. I think it, I think it became the 74th win in a row for Kingfisher on their home floor that night. It's a long streak. It's a lot of pressure on Kingfisher to and keep they've that won, streak going. <clears throat> they've won two uh, at home, Blanchard and Bethany. They've only played two home games? After Christmas, since, oh, since oh, Oak City's oh, played oh, them. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. So, that's, uh, that's anticipated. Weatherford to get two shots at them this year on that floor, too. Uh, February 3rd. That's a Friday night. Weatherford's back there at Kingfisher as well, so. Uh, that's that. That could be a good one. Yeah, uh, just some other games. I know Clinton goes to Cashin in the county line tournament. That's when Elk City used to has been in it a couple oh, of that's times. That's right. I remember that's that. That's a really good field. Yeah. Uh, Tuttle, Dale. I know there are a couple of teams that are there. I wonder if the Tuttle girls aren't because yeah. they played in the Bertha Frank T. Yeah, they got. So a- would they skip a different one or that one? They obviously played at Weatherford. Well, this is in like that the last week of tournaments, really. Yeah, just you just wonder if they skipped the first week back in December or if they skipped the, you know what I'm saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in place of the birth of Frank Teague. Let's find out. Yeah, no, they've already played their three because they played down in Duncan as well. Anyhow, and then, of course, man, when we come in here Tuesday morning, we will know how the rankings shook out in A and B. They will be locked up. Yeah. And then, of course, a week from tomorrow, we'll know pairings sometime on Friday afternoon. Yep. Getting ready for a bunch of high school hoops across the Paragon TV platform, Big Elk TV. It's going to be wall-to-wall starting at 10 and ending somewhere around 10. You know what I mean? With that leading game down there at 820. I mean, you got lots and lots and lots of high school basketball coming up. Uh, on both Big Elk and Paragon TV today. Last night, must-win game, maybe for both sides, I think for sure for Oklahoma State, at 1-4, and four, needing to protect the home floor uh, in the Bedlam game. Oklahoma played well in the first half. Oklahoma State just dominated the second half. Uh, the Cowboys did a great job on Sherfield in the second half after Grant had 15 first-half points, zero in the second half. Oklahoma could not figure out a way uh, to find enough offense. And then OSU made shots. You know, Oklahoma State's been a really good defensive team with the athleticism that they possess all season long. Just haven't been able to to, to hit the broad side of a barn, throw it in the ocean, whatever uh, whatever cliche you want to use mm-hmm. for bad shooting. Uh, that's been OSU. But last night in the second half, really put it together on the offensive end to blow out Oklahoma and win the first installment of Bedlam uh, there in Stillwater. Gallagher-Iba reminded you, of what it has the capability of being when there's people in there, that place can absolutely get rocking when the OSU fans are engaged. Bedlam will bring them out. Uh, you know, Kansas will bring them out. There's uh, different things that will. And, and certainly last night, 
Uh, the Bedlam game did 72 to 56. Oklahoma State knocks off Oklahoma, outscoring them 48 to 26 in the second half uh, to turn a six-point halftime deficit into a 16-point win over the Sooners. OU had been um, a, one of the better teams in the country. Three-point uh, three-point shooting defense. And OSU lit them up at 41%, 7 of 17. Uh, six of those makes came after halftime as OSU struggled mightily in the first half. But, man, in the second half, they had everything going. Uh, and OSU wins 72-56. Improved to 2-4, and four, both teams 2-4 and four in the conference, uh, which sounds measly. But in this league, uh, we were talking off the air. If, if these two can win some games outside of each other and you know beat the bottom teams, which is right now – uh, West Virginia, who beat a top 15 team last night in TCU. Uh, it just goes to show you how hard this thing is. Uh, but, uh, what, seven or eight could possibly get into the tournament from the Big 12 this season. And Oklahoma and Oklahoma State are right down there in that anywhere from probably five to eight range, depending on how things shake out. Yeah, and, and um, God, it's so hard. It's crazy. That's how good that conference is. I mean, you, right now it feels like both OU and OSU. It was a nice win for OSU. Uh, but it feels like for where they're at in position-wise in the Big 12, like, ah, well, they're maybe a bubble team. Um, who knows? But it, but there's still talk that this conference is so deep that they can still get in with ease. But they're, they're going to have to help themselves, uh, both teams, to get some wins down the road, maybe an upset here and there, steal some wins on the road and to solidify that. But uh, back to the game itself, it felt like every time OU was trying to pull away, there the, you mentioned the three-pointing. Uh, shooting for OSU, they would go and, and knock down a three, either to cut it within two or get a one-point lead or tie it or something. You know, there in the first half and early parts of the second half, but then OU's offense just went to a shell there in that second half, and and OSU took advantage of it. I was having a discussion. I know we got a lot of topics to talk about, but after the game with uh, uh, other guys about, you know, what what's going on with with. Uh, with OU basketball, is it Porter Mosier? It is. Is it his players? And I went to the facilities uh, for some reason. I don't know. I just like I said. I think it starts there. Uh, the, the Lloyd Noble Center, and I'm just looking at the future. I'm like, listen, OU is about to make this jump to the SEC. Football will will come along fine because all of the money is pumped into football anyways, and we think they'll be okay if the recruiting can stay up and all that. You look at other sports though. No one talks about it. Well, how are the other sports going to fare in the SEC? Softball, I think, is going to be just fine. Golf is going to be just fine. I think even women's basketball will be okay. There's some tough teams in the SEC, but it looks like they got it building up. But but the basketball, man, and it's going to help the women's basketball too, but at what point do we really start to – it's a really big concern if you're an OU fan – the facilities are trash <laughs> when it compares to the SEC facilities. I think it's hilarious that you say basketball is a big concern to the OU fan. That's not. That's the biggest load yeah. of crap I've ever heard in my life. I, w- I wonder how the OU fans or the, the OU players felt playing in front of a crowd because they damn sure hadn't got to do it all year long inside Lloyd Noble. Yeah, it's embarrassing. A big, but it's screw embarrass- the facilities. It's the uh, at what but, point but are OU fans like, going to take it upon themselves? But that's where to I was actually going. root for the basketball. That's team? That's where I was going. Is it the facility problem? No, Do they, there needs to be a facility more on campus, closer to be on campus. That's a, a, such a, an excuse. An updated facility, knock that's down LNC an and build a updated facility. No, it's such an excuse. The OU fans just don't care about basketball, and it's okay to say it. They just don't care. They don't care unless you lose to OSU, 
Now everybody will be up up in arms today. Well, in my defense, as know you fan, I've been watching know you basketball for a very long time. A lot of people have, and I've been rooting for him for a very long time. I know, but that but the, that place. But the majority of the fans don't care. That place hasn't been a. And I tell you what, it pisses me off. That place hasn't been rocking since Billy. Or some games against you know Kelvin would get. It, it, well, if Kelvin it was, would get him in there. You know, for OSU, Kansas, Iowa State, but not every night. Right. And it's and it's and it's sad because that program is a top twenty program since nineteen eighty in the country, if not even higher, mm-hmm. because of the success that Billy had, that Kelvin had, that rolled over to Long Kruger. But OU fans don't care. A majority of OU fans do not care about basketball, and that's just the truth. It, it has always been the truth. Now, if Blake Griffin is in there, if Buddy Heald is in there, if Billy Ball is running up and down the floor. Now you might be bothered to go watch a game or two if you know a, a good team is in, but it's a joke, and and, and to, to think that building a new facility will change the, it might change early because everybody wants to go see the new. Okay, the just new in thing. my defense, I'm 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 starting conversation. I'm not saying that's what they need to do, but what will? Oh it no, take? the conversations what, out there. What to will build it, one north of town? Oh, they've they've struck that down. Not no. Whoa, whoa, they whoa, not whoa. struck that down. They but did, the city of Norman doesn't want to do that. They did with an old mayor, but not with a new one. So the conversation that conversation again. is a hundred percent alive of that same thing. And, and sure, it, it could be an inconvenience. I mean, it's hard to get there. There's no doubt about that. But Norman has outgrown its infrastructure mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, traffic wise, and all that. But you know what? People are able to get there for for football games at any time. It doesn't make a damn what time they play. People get there for football games and fill that stadium. But not for basketball because they don't care. A, a majority of OU fans do not care. And in the small segment that does, I'm sure, it, I'm sure it is frustrating for true OU basketball fans because you're looking around going, you can only get 6,000 in the 12,000-seat arena when we could get 100 every weekend for football if we wanted to. Where'd everybody go? Yeah. Where, 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 where are you at? And the truth of it is, it's been the same way in Stillwater over the last decade. But last night, it was kind of one of it was almost a revival of sorts inside there, because OSU fans are just as guilty. And, yeah, and, and, and I'm not trying to sh- I'm not trying to knock OSU, but that was awesome to see Gallagher Iba full like that. It's Gallagher Iba is awesome when it's full like that. Yes, it but is. Why should it take your rival to come to town? Because they're not any good. No, but neither team has been. It's, this isn't Eddie and Kelvin on the on the national spotlight battling. I mean, hell, we're talking about trying to sneak in the tournament with losing conference records here, and have been since Buddy Heald left, mm-hmm. quite frankly. And that and that was kind of a pop up year for OU. Cade Cunningham's year was a pop up year for OSU, but consistently good. Nah, not really. Not like it was then. And you add in you, you add in a, a, an obviously different focus on football at Oklahoma State that maybe wasn't there in those heyday glory days of the early 2000s once the once the stadium got improved once Boone's money came uh, Mike Gundy got the thing rolling that there's a difference there too and, and the focus has clearly been shifted as it should quite frankly because of money and college basketball as a whole we talk about it all the time if we ever talk college basketball it's not any fun to watch. That first half was awful basketball. 30 to 24, neither team could could throw it in the goal. Yeah. It was awful. Now, OU continued to be awful. 
with 56 points. Thankfully, Oklahoma State's offense saved the thing by starting to knock down some shots. That's a big problem. I mean, here, here's your – let me ask you this. Would you rather drive to OU or OSU to watch a, a Bedlam game that you don't know for sure anybody's going to score 60? Or would you rather – for your entertainment dollars once or twice a year? Or would you rather drive downtown Oklahoma City and watch a young Thunder team put up 126 and win their fourth in a row? Yeah, that's another And it's thing. entertaining. Yeah. More, the yeah. entertainment value is so much higher. Right. That's another thing about – what has been the diff? What what has changed as far as attendance? Mm-hmm. The Thunder, and, the, and then there's options. You know, right, and, and and when you're on a limited budget and an entertainment budget, you know, Dave Ramsey said having it, you know, have a budget. You have an entertainment budget. Right. Like, well, we can only afford to go to one, either the OU game tonight, or we or the Bedlam game tonight, or the Thunder. Mm-hmm. They owe us the Pacers. What do you girls want to do? I'm talking to my kids now. Right. When they'd say, they, oh, uh, Thunder, downtown Oklahoma City. Well, and, and as the Thunder ascended, was also the same time as both in-state schools started started to descend. Mm-hmm. Away. And quite frankly, college basketball, too. It's kind of exactly. happened. At the, it's kind of like a perfect timing, a perfect it, storm. It has been. I mean, you're watching it. You could go, you can go spend your dollars to watch a team that is fighting for the NBA Finals year after year after year with some of the best players in the league – one of them, the be- one of the best players of all time, in Kevin Durant, or you can go watch a clang fest of a bunch of teams that couldn't, sh- that can't shoot and can't play offensive basketball that might score sixty in forty minutes. The quality of the ball has gone way downhill. The Thunder have joined uh, the, the the state all at the same time, and quite and, and, and honestly, the two universities. How, OU never was focused on basketball. I think there was a time where Oklahoma State was, but that focus has shifted too. Oklahoma State's focus athletically has shifted toward football, and as it should because of the dollars and the way that it is a, college athletics is driven by college football. Yeah, Big-time college football. It makes it's, it, it's a money-making machine, college football is. It is. And Even it, at schools that aren't blue bloods. That's right. You know, and you have to jump on that train, or you get left behind. And Oklahoma State, to their credit, from a leadership standpoint, Mike Holder especially noticed and figured that out way before the rest of us did. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Way before the rest of us did, and had OSU in position to 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 thrive in the sport that you got to thrive in. And unfortunately, I don't think there's any doubt that that has decayed what's going on inside Gallagher-Iba and what's going on inside of Lloyd Noble. Yeah. Question. Oh, yeah, 100%. Uh, do you think that's why the NCAA didn't punish Bill Self? Yes. They're not going to – the NCAA. They're not going to bite the hand that feeds? They're exactly right because – I mean, a lot of people don't realize the the NCAA, the money, the almost sole money-making thing they do is that tournament, is the men's basketball tournament. They're not getting money from college football. It's away from You know what I mean? That, that's not. And so the, the, the men's college basketball tournament is their source of revenue, billion-dollar source of revenue. <laughs> Heck, yeah, they're not going to kick Kansas out. No. Yeah, so maybe that's what's happened to Wichita State. 
teasing, but <laughs> you know what I mean. And there was always the jokes that, gosh, when North Carolina gets caught having fake classes, well, I'd sure hate to be name some small school in North Carolina that's about to get in trouble because, you know, the Tar Heels aren't going to get in trouble. Uh, you know, along the lines of that, you've seen that uh, Harbaugh staying at Michigan. Coach, you know, says he's committed to Michigan. And, you know, there's there's that – um there's always there's those rumors that they're that the NCAA is about to come down on him and people are like, Harbaugh's like I don't care. <laughs> You're the NCAA. You have zero power anymore. So kind of like a Bill, like fine, you know, he's gonna thumb his nose at him and does that make sense? Oh yeah. You see what I'm saying? It's like because some people thought he was gonna pull a Pete Carroll and go to the NFL and and run off a sinking ship. And now there's speculation like. Sure. Yeah, you want to come and throw us sanctions? Whatever. You're the NCAA. You don't even control the championship series. Breaking news. This is interesting. This popped up on my Twitter. What you got? And I would love to know. uh, The University of Oklahoma has sent out a football offer. What's that mean? To C.J. Nixon. Star at Weatherford. Star basketball player. It had to. Yeah. Compute. Oh wow. Okay. And he, he, hey, we've seen the potential there at wide receiver. Absolutely. Well, that's that's what's interesting to me about this, because the coaches that he ats mm-hmm. is Venables and Miguel Chavis. That would tell me defensive end. That is interesting. Anyway, I, I know I just derailed our conversation, but I, that, that popped up and it kind of shocked me. Also, breaking news. He's a good player, man. That would be a good get for OU. Oh, you, I mean, just imagine. But, gosh, basketball, too. That's that's interesting. Uh, huge news here locally. According to uh, Chris Lowe of ESPN, Spencer Sanders will play at Ole Miss. So, Ole Miss also does, is – they don't like Dart There's now? Dart. Listen, Ole Miss also landed five-star LSU transfer in the portal, uh, Walker Howard. That's a loaded quarter. That's an interesting choice. Now, I heard Jim talking yesterday. Everybody thought Sanders was going to Auburn, but apparently there was something wrong with his tra- – like transcript-wise, there was something that wasn't meshing to get him to get to go to Auburn, allegedly or according to some different sources. But some credits weren't worth whatever that was school wise. Okay. Which is shocking. Really? SEC. Okay. Turn over a new leaf. Anyhow, uh, that's according to Chris Lowe. Uh, the Spencer Sanders tells ESPN he will play for Ole Miss in 2023. And his choice did come down to Ole Miss and Auburn. Hmm. That's wild. Now what's going to happen in that quarterback room? I know. I mean, they normally seem, they seem set at quarterback with Dart. Remember Dart Jackson Dart? That was did he? Is he done? I don't know. Without me knowing, I don't know. It's so hard to know how old anybody is with right. COVID and all that. COVID. And how many years they've got? Years granted because yeah. they twisted their ankle and their preseason, whatever. Yeah, you never. I don't know. It's, it's hard, hard to, to tell up. right now. High school hoops coming up, uh, starting at ten on Paragon TV, all the way through maybe ten o'clock. On Paracon TV with that uh, leady game starting at 820. Um, I'll be down 
at Altus, 2 o'clock and 3.30 for the Elks and the Elkettes. Cool 94 for radio as well, uh, Big Elk TV. So we've got wall-to-wall high school basketball. You can find those schedules, ParagonTV.com. We've got them all up for everybody. Uh, so if you're looking for a certain game, that's the where that, that's where to find all of them. It's right there on ParagonTV.com. Uh, you can find the schedules for each and every team inside the Paragon Network coming up today. It seems like we keep on not getting to talk about the Thunder. We keep on finding a ways to. That's to, a good thing they keep winning. To go so away from. Let's uh, not give them attention yeah, because they keep winning. I want to talk about the NFL playoffs instead of the Thunder right now, uh, even though the Thunder won their fourth straight last night. They're good. Moving they're, on. They're, getting they're good. Better. They're getting they're better. They're good. There's Here's no the doubt. deal. Real quick, final note on the Thunder. You asked earlier, are they on schedule? I think when they acquired, when they drafted Chet, like, okay, this season, this is the next step. They're still taking that next step without him. And that's what's fun because adding him next season, how are they, are they going to look better than what they are this season? Or the scary part is, is he a bust and it kind of detrimental to what, you know, I, that's a way down the road. Not really. It's really just about six months down the road. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, yeah. But I mean, like past this season. Sure. But this season right now, I think they are on schedule. That the plan was to be on this schedule with Chet. And they thought, ah, we're still winning. Screw it. Let's keep going on this path. Yeah, I can't wait to see what happens after the All Star break. Because right the, the, now they play in a playing game versus they're nine. the Clippers. Am I wrong? I can't. Does do seven I and eight, this, nine and ten play? Yeah, seven and ten. Seven will and play ten and eight and nine. So and they then, would go to so the Clippers. Seven and ten are playing for the eighth seed, essentially. And am I wrong? And then no. But here's the thing. The way the standing set, because everybody's played different like, amounts like of games. Like if it started today, yeah. If it started today and everybody had played the same amount of games, they might be the seventh seed. Oh, really? Yes. That because wouldn't be in the play-in. No, that's the play-in. Oh, that's I'm the, sorry. The I'm first sorry. one. It's but seven, eight, it, But nine. their losses in the loss column, you know, the Jazz are sixth right now. They've got 24 losses. Oklahoma City just 23. So, in theory, they're they're ahead of the Jazz. They're right. only one loss behind Golden State and it's, Dallas. It's so tight there at the bottom, and, and if and, and like I said yesterday, their their ease of schedule is the easiest schedule in the West from this point on. They better take advantage of that one, stay healthy too, and hope some teams above them lose, which is happening. Well, and and I go back to the point differential. They're tied fifth in the West for best point differential at plus one point two. Everybody around them is negative in that play in. In the in the play in four teams, mm-hmm. everybody else is a negative point differential. Dallas is in fifth in the West, and they're a point worse in point differential per game than the Oklahoma City Thunder, which yep. is a huge amount. Yeah, even though it doesn't seem like it, that's a bunch of points. I mean, it's a big difference. I I don't know. I, I just can't. I, I'm afraid. Here's the deal: even if they wanted to just tank with Jang and with uh, Poku hurt. Their dudes are too good. I know. The other guys are too good. Yeah. I think is a thing of the past. I don't think it's happening. I think it's done. I don't I think, think the, it's happening. From the front office to the coach to obviously to these players, they're saying, let's go. Whether or not that's the right choice remains to be seen. Well, we'll see. We'll see. They're just they're, – they're, they're pretty good. All right. I want you to rank the quarterbacks left in the NFL playoffs right now. All right. Real quick. I'll go uh, bottom to top. 
it's hard to do this because they're all in the divisional round and they're good quarterbacks, but I'll go with Jones, Purdy, Lawrence because of the interceptions early, Hurts because we just haven't seen him yet in the playoff or this year in the playoffs. Based on his performance on Monday, I got to put Dak right there at four. Allen at three, Burrow two, Mahomes one. What do you got? Very, 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 very similar. Except I'm going to put, I'll, I'll go Mahomes one, Burrow two, Allen three, Dak four. I will put Lawrence five, just because I'm worried about Jalen's shoulder. That's the only reason. If 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 I know Jalen Hurts is healthy, I would put him at five. If Lawrence hadn't thrown those interceptions well, early, I would probably flipped him. And if but, but he, those were sticking out, like you mm-hmm. can't do that against other teams, man. You're not going to have historic comebacks every week in the playoffs. And then I would put Jones ahead of Purdy, and I would think about putting Jones up there a little higher. He was awesome. He I don't think very, people was, realize how good, how, how how fast he is. He's big. He he, he, he when he ducked go. it and ran, yeah. you're like, wow, he's, that guy can go a little bit. But I I think it's clear that. The, the NFC quarterbacks are a, a notch, at least one notch below the AFC guys. Yeah. Yeah, Purdy, he's doing the right things. He's doing what's asked of him, mm-hmm. and that's distribute to those playmakers. But I'm anxious to see what happens Sunday afternoon. If it has to be a score fest, if you're going to have to ask him to make a tight throw on third and seven, can he do it? Down six or something, you know. I want to see sure. that. Who's got the most pressure on him this week? Just mentioned him, Purdy. See, I think it's Josh Allen. Okay. <clears throat> at home, he should beat Burrow at home. But, man, he, I don't know if it's just boredom if or what, but the 22 giveaways is a bunch. <clears throat> He's been fantastic, and he, in, in his, his elbow, you, you wonder how bad that really hurts or has hurt him. But I think it's him. I think it's Josh Allen because – Everybody had them, at least in the AFC title game, if not the Super Bowl, if not the Super Bowl champ, yeah. going into the season with the way they played last year. He was a huge reason why. And I don't, I'm don't. i not going to say he's been disappointing. I don't think that's the right term. It's just He's just been kind of the same. And you maybe expected him to take a half step up, and it just hasn't happened. Because, and a big part of it is just self-inflicted stuff. Mm-hmm. Just you know that 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 horrible fumble, the return for a touchdown last week that got Miami right there. You know, just this little things like that, fumbling a snap in the end zone against the Vikings. You know what I mean? It just kind of yeah, things yeah. just kind of have been weird uh, for Josh Allen, even though he's been good. Thirty-five touchdowns, fourteen picks. I mean, it's three to one, but I think he's the guy that's got the pressure on him. Last thing, if it were up to you, would you have a different kicker for the Dallas Cowboys this week? Oh man, I'm. I, I want to be a nice guy and just say no. Right, I. He did make that last one. It, almost a meaningless extra point, but I think for him that was so big just to see it go between the uprights because I think that's all it is. It's a mental thing. It's kind of like you know I always say it calling basketball games. You see a player getting a little shooting slump, and I keep saying. All that player needs is just to see that ball go through the hoop and that'll get past it, and then it'll start to come. I think the same thing can be said about kickers. They got to see it go between the uprights, and then like, okay, that's how it's done. I think the team's behind them too. Everything I've, They've given them a lot of support. Yeah, pretty interesting video from CD. 
what I'm referring you know, to. Yeah, and, and there was a bunch of other guys that were there. I, you know what I th- you know what I find interesting, and, and maybe it's just it'd make because, for a cool story to keep him, and then he kicks a game winning field goal against sure. San Francisco or something. And I th- I think maybe it's because it's kickers, and people have zero respect for kickers as football players anyway. Mm-hmm. But you, yes, he did something that has never happened before, negatively, on the field in that game. You know who else did? Last just last weekend, did something that has never happened before negatively. What? Trevor Lawrence. You know what you're not hearing? Them bringing should, in a should, quarterback. Should they bench him? <laughs> yeah, should they exactly. bench Lawrence? Exactly. I mean, and I'm not saying right. that, that. But it's like the kicker isn't even allowed to have a bad game. I thought Dak hit the nail on the head afterwards when they asked him about it Monday night, and he said, I played horrible last week, and look, I bounced right back. Why can't he? That's a good point. Why can't – you know, but – Stand up for his teammate, but that's a good point. You know. That's a real good point. But it's just because it's the kicker. Yeah. No, no other position on the football field – would people have these violent reactions to cut him? I mean, it, it doesn't even make sense. <laughs> this dude has been kicking the entire year, and he's been really good at it, too. Yeah, you should ask my wife what I was yelling oh, the other night. I was like, Peyton you have Manning one did. job. You have one job to kick him between the uprights. Heck, Peyton did. <laughs> he said, can we cut a guy at halftime of a playoff game? Oh. <laughs> uh. No, I say keep them. I say keep them. Now, I saw they brought someone in as kind of insurance, but I say still go with it. Go with it. If he does it again. It's such a big mental thing for him if he's shown, hey, guy, hey, you're good. We're going to throw you out there. Go kick it. If if they win and he does it again, then I change my tune. Yeah. Everybody have a great Thursday. You've been listening to the Skinny on Sports podcast with Aaron Cow. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening. That ball is blistered.